Smoking Guns Podcast. We're doing something different today. You may hear different sounds and different noises. We are uh, 200 miles apart. I can't even say coming to you from the wild, wild western side of San Antonio. Because while, while some of us are, uh, we're, we're nearly 200 miles apart right now. Um, I get to hang out on the coast every day. I get to drive by the bay every day Don't and brag. see the Don't water. Brag. Hey, rubbing it in. <laughs> to be fair, both of you just got to spend some time by much prettier ocean than Texas Gulf Bay Ocean recently. That is true. This is so true. So you don't have to give me that hard a time. Although I do live here, and you just got to visit. Uh, yeah. We are back after a two-week hiatus with the Gunslingers Podcast, or with the uh, the Smoking Guns Podcast. Uh, we are a podcast that deals with football. We're a podcast that deals with football in San Antonio. We're a podcast that deals with football in San Antonio, specifically centered around the San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League and the as-yet-unnamed XFL franchise. Yes, that's right. We're going to be covering it all. It's pro yep. football. It's in San Antonio. We've always been a fan of that. That's what got us started on this. So we're going to be covering all of it. So as the XFL gets kicking off, the NAL ended their season, and we're going to talk about all of that. So we're glad some of you are joining us on Facebook Live as we do this remotely. Uh, and some of you uh, are just listening to this on Wednesday morning like you should do, and that's great too. I am Philip Higginbotham. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined as always by Leo Yamas. What's up, Gunslingers Posse? And R.C. Woods. I'm going to change it up. Usually I say beautiful fans, but I realized I might be missing out on some of the handsome fans. So welcome, beautiful and handsome fans. We can be beautiful also. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but can women be handsome? Um, I guess. I don't, I don't see know. why they couldn't. <laughs> okay. So beautiful and handsome gunslinger fans. So let's start there. Let's start with the San Antonio gunslingers of the NAL. Their first NAL season is over. We are not going to see playoff action in South Texas this year. Uh, we have had two games since we last had a chance to talk. The win over the Jacksonville Sharks in the home uh, closer, the final home game of the season, and then a loss to the Albany Empire uh, there just uh, last weekend. Uh well, I've got thoughts. I've got lots of thoughts on those games. Well, let's start with that Jacksonville game. You were both there. Is that right? At the uh, watch party. Yeah, we were there having a great time. No, no. I'm talking about the Jacksonville game, the final home game. You were there. Yeah. Yes, oh, no. I, I was there. I, I you worked. There. You were I not, was, Leo. I was no. all over the place that game, let me tell you, because it was the 80s night. In fact, uh, if you go today, a video drop that is a uh, – Game day video. It's about 15 minutes long. Excellently done uh, in high definition. Just a wonderful video. And RC, in the pregame yeah. pre spot of that video, you are prominently featured in your mm. highlighter yellow 80s gear. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Thank you. There in the video. It. Now, before the game was the cheerleading trot. I mean, um, kind of the junior cheerleaders. Right? Yes, the yeah. junior cheerleaders. And so I went to that practice and um, I was filming. It was so adorable. Tons of participation. I think we had 33 girls. And then out of the 33 girls, one brought a sister 
and she just walked out on the field and joined in. So really there was 34 and uh, she was so cute. She was a little girl. She must've been like three years old and she'd be dancing and dancing. And then she'd just like plop on the field and take a nap and then she'd wake up again. So, <laughs> so anyway, I think she was related to Kali. So that was really cute. So let's talk about that for a second because you said there were 33 kids signed up for girls, girls uh-huh. signed up for that particular event. That is yes. just incredible to me. Oh, amazing. Because and there were we, different age groups too. It wasn't just like one age group. We have been trying for two seasons now to generate um, interest in events around the gunslingers. We've been, I think it's fair to say that we've been frustrated um, mm-hmm. as, as part of this whole thing with some of the, response from fans and it's not necessarily something that we can blame on the team they were having events but we would have watch parties we would have um cheerleader tryouts and and i think we were all kind of frustrated from time to time with the lack of fan participation but to see 33 girls sign up and pay because that was Mm -hmm. a that was a uh that cost something right it was 60 dollars i find that really impressive I, I, yes. I, it feels like just another sign that this is moving the right direction, that the San Antonio gunslingers um, are really starting to come into their own. And I really feel bonded close to the cheerleaders. We sponsored one of the junior camps from David. Um, and then we also uh, donated snacks um, for that practice, the smoking guns podcast. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So then the game, uh, Leo, when did you get a chance to watch it? Did you watch the game live or did you have to watch it on a delay? I had to watch it on a delay because uh, we were flying from one island to another at the time that the game was was starting. Um, And then to my surprise, I I didn't realize uh, the airport was a full hour drive away, a a beautiful scenic hour drive, (laughs) but... Um, it was a full hour drive away from uh, our accommodations at the, the hotel we were staying at the resort. Um, so uh, we had to get in there. And then, of course, you know, Lolis and I were hungry, so we, we had to get something to eat. But I, I did I did get to watch uh, the game uh, later that that evening. So, so uh, over 5000 is what I'm hearing. I wasn't there. Yeah. but The crowd was incredible. Um the 80s night stuff looked like a blast. The game itself was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just that right mix of the gunslingers were in control most of the game, but they were not blowing out the sharks. So it was still interesting to watch and see uh, the game happen. In fact, as we got down toward the end of the game, uh, it was there was there was no reason to think that the game was um, that the result of the game was decided at any point until a big play. And that's the play I want to kind of talk about. And unfortunately it's not anything really football related, but it's been such a big conversation around the NAL and around um, this particular player. There is a moment in the game. Most anybody that watched the game knows exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. When yeah. uh, the Jacksonville sharks, quarterback and Nelson uh, gets hit from behind fumbles the ball it is scooped up by Philip Barnett who runs down the field he's got a touchdown nobody in front of him 
and one of the premier players for the Jacksonville Sharks, Devin Wilson. I think I've got that name right, don't I? I think it's number one. Yeah, he's number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Made contact with the official. And I want to say it that way first, and then I want to dive in a little bit more to what that contact looked like. But he made contact with an official. Now, here's what I would like to say about that official. Gary is one of the nicest people I think I've ever met. I talk to the guy every game. He is an incre- He's been doing Gunslinger games now for two seasons. He is one of the nicest people I've ever met. He is also one of the most frustrating officials I've ever watched. <laughs> yes, I agree so, with you 100% on both counts. So I, I understand anyone that gets frustrated with Gary because I do not think that he is uh, one of the best officials I've ever seen. I, I, he is frustrating. He is maddeningly frustrating as an official to me. But he is one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Um, the fact that he's a San Antonio official means I knew him. I, as I saw what unfolded, I could not divorce the fact that I knew this guy and I was worried about his safety. He's in his sixties at least. Mm -hmm. Um, and Delvin Wilson made contact with him. Now I, I want to know what you guys saw. We've had some conversations and I'm sure you guys have heard what I think, but, uh, the contact with the official, Devin Wilson's contact with the official. What is your take on it, Leo? Was it intentional or was it uh, was it not? Incidental. Was it intentional or incidental? That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. So I can't believe it was incidental. Um, just, just from the replay and the view, especially from the camera angle where it's looking on from end zone to end zone and you're seeing um you're seeing the the player run uh towards you know towards uh, the the uh, other end zone as barnett is running in he was nowhere near the play he had no hope of making the tackle but i have expressed on this show before where you don't give up on a play ever so i can't right. fault him for his hustle but what what i think is pretty obvious is in the way that he makes contact, um, he steps in towards um, the 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 Gary. official Gary, right? Is his name? Gary. Um, yeah. Yeah. He steps in towards Gary, and then once he makes contact with his forearms, he actually pushes him out further. Uh, there's no attempt to pull back from the contact. There's no attempt to reach out to him and hold him up rather than keeping him from, from falling over. He doesn't really do anything to show any kind of remorse or non-intent until after Gary's already on the ground. Um, And these are professional athletes, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, there's a, a, a variety of professional levels in football. We all know that, but still this is a professional athlete. Um, and he has the awareness at this point in his his career, he should have the awareness of what's going on in the field in front of him. He should be able to react, um, according to what he observes. Um, otherwise he shouldn't be on the field. Um, the thing that's really interesting to me or not interesting, but conflicting is 
every indication that I've seen out there of anybody who knows, just as we know Gary and have talked to him and say he's a, the nicest guy, there's so many people coming out from the, the shark side, the, the, the fan base, the organization, other players, coaches, vouching, vouching for, for uh, Devin, um, saying, you know, if you knew anything about the player, you would never, ever suspect that he would do something like this intentionally. And I get that. But in the heat of the moment, in a frustrating situation like that, where they're trying to, you know, close the gap on the game, mm-hmm. um, and then all of a sudden it's, it's you know, now definitely out of reach, it was a poor judgment call. Uh, that's what I think it was. It was intentional and poor judgment and he immediately regretted it, but he didn't, it was not, it was not an unintentional action or anything that he regretted in the process of that action and being a professional athlete. Um, there's, he should have been able to do something over the process of that action and everything from that angle, just as Jay Riley is, is, uh, uh, mentioning in, on the, the comments here, it's undisputable. If right. you look at it, I, I can't look at that angle and say that this was incidental. Um, I've even shown that that view to others who were not at the game, but who have played the game of football. And I said, look at this and tell me if you think this was intentional or unintentional. And after looking at the the angle, they're just like, wow, that that's right. that's in unbelievable that he did that and it's absolutely intentional so i feel bad for the guy but i i can't i can't back his statement that it was uh incidental rc pretty much the same thing is that what you saw you were there i was there i was there and so i would say it was intentional but the thing that got me was that afterwards people were saying oh he's a teacher how was it going to look towards his students for that reason alone he should have thought about it because he knew you know, um, being a teacher, other students are going to look up to him and look at his his actions right. and how he reacts. And so, okay, let's say he did it and there's a heat of the moment, then come out and start apologizing. He didn't do that either. And what kind of role model is that? Now but he on ha- that go ahead. He has released a statement uh, that says that it was not intentional, um, that he did not realize that, uh, that that's what was going on or, or that that was who that was. Uh, he would never intentionally do that. His father apparently was an official for a long time. Uh, and so he has the utmost respect for officials, all of those things. Uh, and I will start there um, because I want to, I want to, I want to address this idea that Devin Wilson is a great guy and a wonderful guy in the Jacksonville community and a top flight player and just the nicest guy in the world. All of that can be true. And you can still make a terrible call in the heat of the moment. Um, Anybody, everybody has gotten frustrated with something at some point. The fact that he's a nice guy, a good guy, gives money to charity, takes care of kids um, in school as a teacher. All of that is wonderful and great and speaks to his character. And I am not maligning his character at all when I say there is no way you can watch the video of uh, of the game and see anything other than an intentional hit on an official. Uh, he takes, he is in pursuit of the play, and Leo is right. We've given players a hard time before that have given up on plays, so we would look terrible now if we said, you're not going to get there anyway. Why are you even running after it? It's only a 50-yard field. Maybe you do get there. Um, so he is pursuing the play. 
but he takes a full step off of his line of pursuit, raises his arms to make contact with the back of a 60-year-old man with no pads on, and then immediately stops his pursuit. And I think that is important as well, because he knew he had no chance of catching the play. He leveled the official and then stopped. stopped. He did not continue chasing the play at that point. And I think that speaks to something too. Um, There is no way to see. I I am floored by the fact that there are people out there going, oh, it's it's completely incidental. I saw one person say that, oh, you've never worn a, a football helmet before. You don't realize that you can't see your peripheral. Um, that is, that's true. I mean, I understand that in, in a, in a bubble, but he wasn't that far off of Devin Wilson's peripheral vision that he was hidden by the helmet. He was still in the line of sight and the whole, the whole argument that you've never worn a helmet. You never, uh, that's exactly why I asked uh, football players that weren't, you know, aren't involved with the gunslingers weren't at the game to look at that and then give me their thoughts. And I didn't find one that said, no, that was, that was incidental. That wasn't intentional. I hate to interrupt this uh, conversation, but I just wanted to let everyone know that I do have an interview at seven o'clock with Richard Zoe from the Ranch Radio Group. So if you don't see me, that's where I'll be. He should be calling me at seven. But as soon as the interview is over, then I will come back. Now, the NAL has uh, leveled a penalty against Devin Wilson. Yep. Uh, They have suspended him indefinitely. My understanding and talking with some of my sources is one officials made contact with the league and said, we will not officiate in a game that this player plays in this season. I don't blame them. Uh, so that is, that is telling when officials look at what happened and said, we won't be on a field with this guy this season. We refuse. Um, I also understand that they will revisit in the off season what the penalty will be, but he will not play uh, this season. At least that is the the last that I heard. And what that means is he's been injured some this season. Now he will be suspended for the final game and for the playoffs. He will fail if the Jacksonville Sharks, who are in the playoff hunt, rise to the point of winning the NAL championship. His participation in games has not been enough at this point that he will receive a ring. Right. So if he, if the Jacksonville Sharks win the championship, Devin Wilson won't get a ring uh, because he has been injured and he was in, in uh, uh, off the, the roster while he was injured and he uh, will now be suspended. To me, I find that to be a worthy penalty uh, for this action. Again, we've all made mistakes. Everybody's done something stupid in the heat of the moment. I truly believe Devin Wilson in that moment saw a game that was very close and very hard fought slipping away on a fluke play. And he was just frustrated and angry and upset and took it out on the first thing that he could. I don't think he thought about it being official. I don't think that he was trying to send a message to Gary or to any other official, I just think it was frustration. But the league has to come down hard on this because they cannot leave any possibility of another player someday uh, 
allowing he can't they can't have any official get injured on the field or get get attacked on the field by a player trying to send a message and so they have to come down hard uh i don't this does not color my view of Desmond wilson i don't think he's a bad guy or a terrible guy i think he made a mistake i think he made a terrible mistake and could have hurt gary but um it is what it is and i think the nal did exactly the right thing yeah i i agree um i agree 100 with your sentiment i i, I don't uh just from what I've read about him and, and, and the way people have come to, to his defense, um, I imagine he's probably a, a great guy, just as great as everybody uh, says he is. But like you said, in the heat of the moment, you can make a very poor decision. And I think he made a poor decision. Uh, we've all, or at least most of us, have done things in our lives that we regret. Um, we think we look back on it and we you know, I really shouldn't have done that. Or I could have, could have, you know, I, I could have been my better, a better self at that moment. And that was just one of those moments. And he's just going to have to uh, deal with the consequences of that and, and, and take responsibility, which he, he hasn't done yet, even with his statement, you know, right. he, he insists it was, it was um, incidental. Um, he, he the thing, the thing that kind of got me a little bit in his his uh, release, his statement that he released, was he, he started to blame his injuries on on not being able to react in time. Yeah, which uh, that was the hardest part of that statement for me to swallow because if if your injury if your injury is keeping you from reacting uh, in in time to uh, react to a situation on a football field, you shouldn't be on the field right? because you're putting others at risk, not just, you know, players, officials, anybody else. Uh, so um, whether the, his poor decision was the contact he made with the, the official or allowing himself to be out on the field when he shouldn't have been either way, he's responsible for that bad decision and he needs sure. to take, he needs to take responsibility for it. For sure. Uh, let's take a quick break right here. We will uh, stop recording here. We'll be back shortly to talk about the final game of the season, the Albany uh, game, and what we see, what what we think of the season as a whole, the the San Antonio Gunslinger season. Uh, stick with us. We'll be right back. This uh, Smoking Guns podcast. We'll be back with you in just a second. Smoking Guns podcast. Philip Higginbotham, R.C. Woods, Leo Yamas hanging out and talking about uh, we let RC go do her interview. So we just sat around talking to the NFL with some of our Facebook live fans. Ooh. We've all determined that the, uh, the Denver Broncos are going to go nine and eight. That's okay. what, uh, that's what we determined. Right. Leo. 11 and, 11 yeah, and six. Last ball or something? <laughs> 11 and six. Uh, so we talked a little bit about the Gunslingers' second-to-last game, their final home game against the Jacksonville Sharks, a game that they really played incredibly solid, consistent, good football. They looked like a really good football team against Jacksonville. And then a week later, they went up to Albany, and I will say as solid and as consistent as they looked against Jacksonville at home, they looked discombobulated in Albany all the way through the game. It never felt like they, they were, it, it never felt like they were, they were ready for that game. I, am I wrong? Did I, did, is that what you saw too? 
Well, I mean, I think they had the lead at halftime. Um, Barely. They, they came out. I think they scored on their uh, first possession. I mean, it was back and forth a fair – overall, I mean, it was back to the defense. Neither defense was really stopping anybody. Um, so it was about what I expected. I, I'm maybe a little bit less critical than you are. Um, at, the, <laughs> at the watch party, we, we couldn't hear – what was being said on the broadcast. So, uh, you know, there's always an element there where you kind of pick up on certain things that, that you might make you, that might make you your perspective a little differently, but I, I wasn't too down on what I saw in the first half. It was the second half, uh, that was a real bummer. If, if you ask me, I, I, I want to mention, and Todd mentioned it as well. Um, at one point that, you know, so they, they went up to Albany, but but they didn't all go up to Albany. They were missing someone very significant mm-hmm. in uh in Alexander on defense. And and the way that uh Castronova was able to um pick them apart or you know the running plays, I, I just think they, they missed an element of that defense as far as getting pre- pressure on Castronova on, on, on that front. Um, that Alexander would have made a huge difference on. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was NAL Player of the Year last week. Right. Um, you know, looking strong. I, I'm, I'm, I would have put him uh, uh, in line for you know certain defensive awards or consideration for mm-hmm. defensive player awards uh, for the league overall for the season. Um, he was a very, very significant piece of that defense, and they sorely missed him. And do we know why he didn't make the trip? Yeah, he was uh, up in training camp for um, the major league football. So okay. he, he's he's taking his shot at something you know that that he thinks might get him, get him to something bigger and better. And mm-hmm. you can't you can't you can't fault him, for, can't that. Fault him for that at all. Um, you can argue on whether you you what you think of that league in, in particular, but uh, it's uh, that that's a moot point. Um, it's on the player and the opportunities he sees or the coaches that he's going to go have and uh, the film he's going to be able to put together. So mm-hmm. you can't fault him for, for jumping at an opportunity and we wish him well, um, but Absolutely. it was really unfortunate for the timing for the gunslingers. Well, and you know, the gunslingers, I will always expect them to do what's best for the team, mm-hmm. um, which means I will always expect players to do what's best for them. Um, everybody needs to watch out for their own interests. Uh, some people will say, where's the loyalty um, for a guy like Alexander? You've fought with these guys all season. You're going into the final game of the season. But, um, man, he's got to do what's best for him. And at the end right. of the day, and I know Gunslingers fans wouldn't like to hear it put this way, but at the end of the day, it was a meaningless game for the Gunslingers. It is something that could be very meaningful for his career. True. When you look at it yeah. from his perspective – there's really a no-brainer there, and and I don't I don't blame him. Like, do what you got to do, take care of yourself, because if it came down to it, and the best thing for the gunslingers were to what would be to release you, or to bench you, or to put you on the inactive list, they would do what's best for them. So mm-hmm. you got to do what's best for you. I get that. I understand it. I absolutely do. And but to be honest, did, I'm sorry, but they did miss him. They absolutely did miss him. Yes. Big time. And I was going to say, we all know that we love our players. 
at the league that we're supporting them. But do we know that they want to excel and go on to the next level? Absolutely. And we have to support that. You know, I know that for the team, it may come in some bumps and bruises, but we, we want to help them succeed, whether it be here, whether it be the next league, whether it be the XFL, USFL, whatever. And so, so if someone says, oh, I can't believe you're encouraging or you want them to leave, it's not that I want them to leave. I want them to succeed, you know, and that's the difference. One of the coolest things um, that I, I've noticed is watching NFL football, games that I don't care anything about, but I watch football all the time, anytime I can. It drives my wife crazy. And seeing former commanders, San Antonio commanders, on the field and going, hey, there's Greg Ward. Greg Ward's still playing. That's awesome. Now he plays for Philly, and that drives me crazy. But he's still there, and I love that. Um, I love that we we saw some of those guys back win. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's Scott really Daly. Cool. Scott Daly plays for the Lions. Yep. yep, sure does. My favorite long snapper. So uh, they lose to Albany, but let's be honest. Albany had something to play for. They were playing mm-hmm. for seeding, and they ended up securing the top seed in the NAL playoffs. We didn't. We just didn't have anything to play for, and it seemed like as I watched the game, and I'm at a distance, I don't know. Um, I know some players watch and spend time with us, and they may feel like I'm mischaracterizing things here, but it just kind of felt like the Albany players had something to play for, while the Gunslingers players, they weren't in front of their own fans. They weren't playing for playoff seating or even a chance in the playoffs. It just felt like they didn't have that same motivation that Albany had, certainly in the second half of the game. Robert Kent, I will give him all the credit for having an incredible season. He is Mm -hmm. the league leader in passing touchdowns and passing yards. He had a terrible game uh, in Albany. He had an awful game in Albany. Gave up some really just uh, surprisingly, I hate to use this word, Robert, some surprisingly bonehead interceptions that meant a lot. At Um, key moments, yeah. Yes. Uh, So as much as I'll give him credit. Yes. As much as I'll give him credit, and I do. Uh, Alex McSwain saying, I hope he comes back next year. I absolutely do, too. I respect the heck out of Robert Kent Jr., but I wouldn't be doing my job as a fan if I just uh, pump sunshine and say, oh, he was a little off. No, he wasn't a little off. He he, It was the worst game I've ever seen him play over two seasons of watching the guy play. Um, it was probably the worst I've seen him play. And everybody has a bad day. Hey. Yeah. 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 So, sometimes it, that, that's a result of you trying too hard to make things happen. Possibly, um, yeah, and 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 that could have been a part of it um, of him just trying to make things happen because things weren't going the way that the team wanted. Uh, you know, uh, my favorite player, Candyman, Callie Rashad. It seemed like we didn't see a whole lot of him right um, uh, in this game. So we didn't see there, there were, and, and I'm not not definitely not calling out Kali for any kind of effort or. Or anything like that. I I don't think that's the situation. But um, it, it seemed to me like maybe players were were a little gassed, like tired, yeah. Um, in that second half, um, and they just weren't able to keep up keep up with Albany. Um, well, that might have had something to do with substitutions, stuff like that. I mean, it goes from top to bottom, from coaches all the way down to players. It wasn't their best performance. I did notice your favorite player there, Kali Rashad, and. What I would say is RC's favorite player, uh, Caleb Roller, both mm-hmm. 
putting huge hits on at different moments in that game. Both of them had huge collisions. Um, Caleb Roller, man, he leveled one guy. Uh, I think it was on a kick return, but I'm not sure. And Kali Rashad did the same thing. Uh, so that was yeah, fun. That definitely was fun. But I, I'll mention that uh, that that play that that Roller um, you know wowed us on with that hit, and and we love to see Roller out there rolling. Um, that was one of the few times, if not the only time, he saw the field in this game. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It, um, so it, and I I'm not questioning, but I mean, it's just, it seemed like we had some players that were tired and, and maybe that some more substitutions could have been made throughout the game. I don't know. That's, that's just uh, from us, you know, watching at a watch party. Of course, you don't know the situation going on you know, within the team. Especially watch when party that was... far away. Watch party was at Walk-On's Bistro, which mm-hmm. holds a special place in our heart because it was the very yes. first commander's event that we all three went to but i hear there were some issues with seating and finding yes, a spot to watch the game it probably wasn't the best place to hold a watch party in hindsight is that right well i don't know if it wasn't the best or was the best but i will know and this is no fault to john wayne um and company there was only one member from the john wayne staff and it's very hard to control things and monitor things when it's only one person who's also taking pictures and also trying to sell merchandise. So I think if if we had two or three people there, they would have been able to monitor, say, hey, waitress, you know, we kind of have the space. They're already been here like two hours. You know, can you kind of, you know, something. But kudos to Adrian, because I know he did the best he could. You know, and I know a lot of the John Wayne staff was on vacation. They worked super hard working like 80 hours for the last couple of weeks doing their John Wayne and the gunslinger. So no, no fault to them, but I do like the place. I do like the food. Um, but it was kind of hot. I think, uh, Miss Roller was super hot. Yeah. Carrie. Yeah. She kept going outside, inside, outside, trying to get some air. I liked it. It always brings good memories to me. Uh, commander days. I wish Michael could have gotten some seats, you know, um, but overall, it was good. Uh, of course, we had a loss. Um, saw Colleen's uh, mom. She was there from New York. Um, saw some new fans. I talk, took some new pictures. So overall, I had a good time. And yeah. a good frozen drink. So one of, one of the great things about it was, I think part of the problem was the, the area that they reserved. It was a long room. The same room that we were in for the uh, uniform reveal. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but when we got there right off the bat, and I got there early, um, they already had okay. This is the seating reserved uh, for for the uh, watch party, um, and there it was like the 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 six tables towards the back, um, but there were more tables in there that were not being reserved and were being t- you know being used by other patrons, patrons mm-hmm. that were just there uh, to enjoy the food or uh, whatever, and, and not not the game. Um, I think they really needed to reserve that the entire section. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that maybe was just uh, walk-ons inexperience and not seeing the, the draw that the uh, watch parties get um, because this was the first time at that location. What was really cool about this location, though, was, um, one, it was the best streaming we've had up yes. to date. Thumbs by, up. Two thumbs up. By a landslide. I don't know what was different about it. I asked because I thought maybe they were using one of the apps uh, other than YouTube 
to, to show the broadcast, but they were actually using the YouTube um, app on the televisions. But there was no lag and all the TVs were synchronized. Mm -hmm. nice. And the thing that was even cooler was when we walked out of that room into the main section, I uh, have to go a couple times to go to, go to the men's room uh, while we're having our drinks and everything, but there's TVs all throughout that place. Mm -hmm. And there was a baseball game going on, but I noticed like for every one or two TVs that had the baseball game, even within the venue, uh, they were broadcasting the Gunslingers broadcast. So there were a lot of people in that place that probably saw a Gunslingers game for the very first time because they just happened to be eating there. And the place was packed. It was. There wow. were people sitting at the bar that asked me about it as I walked by because they saw me with my Gunslingers T-shirt and my hat. And they're like, so, uh, you know, yeah, it was." they asked me a little bit about the team, asked me what the record was. Um, and they actually stayed and watched most of the game. I saw them continue sitting at the bar, and they were watching the game uh, uh, before they had to leave. So there were definitely, there was definitely an introduction of the San Antonio Gunslingers to a lot of people there for the first time. Um, so that that was pretty cool about this venue. Mm -hmm. Very cool, very cool. So the Gunslingers don't end up uh, winning the game. Uh, so that sets their record at. Uh, Five and seven or four and eight? That was four five. and eight. Four and eight. Four and eight. That's rough. Uh, not the season that any of us were really looking forward to at the beginning of the year. But I will tell you, last year we uh, we lost all but or we won all but two games. We lost the very first game, the very final game of the season, both against uh, the North Texas Bulls. Mm. Leaving last season at the end of last season, I will I will honestly tell you. I was not sure how things looked for season two. If you'd have asked me to place a bet on whether there would be a season two, I would have given you even odds. Like I, it's a 50, 50 shot. I think Right. Um, four and eight is not where I wanted to be this season, but I am so much in a better place as a fan this season than I was at the end of last season, because I don't think there's any doubt that we will see a new season of the gunslingers next year um, and that we will continue to see this thing build and grow. Um, I know that some people are talking about, well, with the XFL coming, is there even a need for it? We're going to discuss all that in a minute um, as we discuss the XFL. But uh, we saw amazing growth this season there. The four and eight Tremendous. is the it's four and eight is almost uh it's almost beside the point. We started with right. 500 to 700 people coming into the Freeman mm -hmm. Coliseum and ended with 5,000. And I know some folks say, well, they were giving away a lot of those tickets and they weren't making money on it. Hey, uh, they were, people were showing up. People were, they were there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that even if you'd given away tickets to that first game, you could have gotten a thousand people into that video. Yeah. Uh, so this season has really seen Gross. the gunslingers establish the fact that that it's a valuable thing. It it is what we always knew it would be. So we jumped mm -hmm. on board two years ago, and we always saw there was value in the brand, value in professional football in San Antonio, and value specifically in the arena game. We've preached that for two years now. I think now we are beginning to see the rest of San Antonio start to catch up with that idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I feel like we're in a great spot going forward into next season. 
Yeah, there's a, definitely an excitement there from the, the fan base that has grown tremendously. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's unbelievable rate of growth, uh, like you said, from the first game to the last. And as Alex is saying in the comments, the, the, the merch that's being sold. I mean, you go to a game and you try and buy some merch and see how long that line is because right. everybody's wanting to, 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 to buy stuff. Um, and uh, besides that, if you gauge the success from the reaction of the fans, and yeah, that's, that's really important. But also talk to the players. See what the players think, and just what I've, what I've, the, you know, the reactions I've gotten from players and their perspective and you know outlook moving forward. And some of them have come out and you know made comments and said stuff on social media. Uh, you know, they're they're excited to be back. They're looking forward to coming back and and battling some more. So I think that speaks very loudly as well. Volumes. Yeah, I am really excited, and and you know. A lot of the credit has to go to uh, Brandon and Don Rackler, Jordan Steubing, mm -hmm. James Steubing, those guys at John Wayne that stepped in uh, early this season, uh, kind of took this thing over and have really changed the narrative around it. Um, the, the guys, we've had this conversation plenty on this show. The OG3 did everything they could they could do. They did the heavy mm -hmm. lifting and they created this thing. And they really busted their butt to get to that point. But I think we all recognize, and they would recognize too, that they were, uh, they had given all they had to give and were, were starting to lose ground. Um, right. So for the John Wayne folks to come in, uh, assume control at that point and push it on a little further, it, it does not, we do not get to a season three, which I think is a, a guarantee at this point. We mm -hmm. do not get to a season three without both of those groups doing what they did. True. Um, Absolutely. They were like so, in quicksand, like as much as they tried to get out, it was going down and down and down and, and they needed a lifeline. And that lifeline was John Wayne. And, you know, everyone that you mentioned, of course, but a lot of the females really stepped in too. It was Mariah. It was Michelle. April. It was Jillian. It was April. I mean, it really felt like a team effort. Yeah. And, and, the and, the NA, and the NAL is expanding. Fayetteville, North mm -hmm. Carolina is coming on board next season. And I hear rumor that there is already one that is about 90, another um, expansion market that is, um, that is ready to be announced soon as well. So that will be an eight team league at least. Mm -hmm. uh, my sources tell me that they are pushing to get to 10 Wow, Maybe okay. by next season, which I think is too aggressive. Too I would I would yeah. really like to stick see them stick at eight, uh, but that their goal is to eventually arrive around sixteen teams, and and call it a league at that point. Um, that would be great, but eight teams would be excellent. I think six mm -hmm. teams is too small. Um, right. It it felt like if you're only going to have six teams, I don't think a twelve. 12-week schedule makes sense. Um, I think they need to back off the schedule a little bit or they need to expand uh, to eight teams, one of those two things. And it looks like they are expanding because we have seven teams in the league now. An eighth one is, from what I understand, imminent. Um, and do you think it's going to be here in Texas? No, no. It will not be in Texas. Okay. Um, I've, I've, I've in gotten fact, some I don't, info on that, yeah. 
I don't believe it'll be in the central time zone. I think it will be another Easter co- East Coast kind of team uh, somewhere okay. in on the east side of the country. Um, the, now that's for the, now if they decide to go ten, you never know. About those you never know right. where those two might end up right. being. But yeah, I agree. I, I think expansion to eight will will work wonders uh, for the league and and for scheduling. Yes, uh, and I want them to fix this whole. Some teams having fourteen games and get some teams having twelve yeah. games. That's gotta yeah. that's gotta get fixed too. Yeah, Although that doesn't like that. make sense. On a whole, I have enjoyed the NAL this year. Uh, this this time last year, I made my proclamation that if the San Antonio Gunslingers stayed in the American Arena League, I would not be involved with the team. That was about this time last year. I can mm-hmm. honestly say, while there are definitely things that need to be fixed in the NAL, uh, I am. For the most part, pleased um, with the National Arena League and the way that they've handled things. There are certain things that I think they could do a lot better job at. But mm-hmm. on a whole, um, I see a, a league that is trending the right direction. Most definitely. I definitely agree. And and you can focus that and narrow that down more to the gunslingers. And, you know, was it perfect? No. But uh, as we said, definitely strides made. And I, I think a lot of positives to take away from this first season in the NAL and I think uh, the the team um, and uh, the ownership learned a lot of things mm-hmm. um, in this, especially you know the, this season and the sec- second half of the season as things progressed. And I think it's going to be even better uh, to start for season two in the NAL, season three of the Gunslingers. Right. And I I've said it before. I was like maybe one podcast away from walking away. You know. And now I can't even imagine walking away from the gunslingers. Do you think uh, Quentin Humphrey, Coach Q, checking in and asking, do you think they'll stay with the Ironman setting? Yes. Mm -hmm. I think they will. Um, I I wish. Should they is a different question. Yeah, that's a different question. Um, Yeah, and and, uh, I'm leaning towards no. Like, I, 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 I wish they wouldn't require that, but. I do see the benefits of it as well. I, I just don't think they outweigh the negatives. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it matters whether Iron Man worked or not this season. We will definitely get a second season of it because um, you cannot try something like that for one season unless it's just an absolute dramatic failure, which I don't believe that Iron Man was this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it was it was smooth, but it wasn't a dramatic failure. And I think that guarantees that we'll get a second season of it because we don't really know if it looks like it's supposed to look. Cody Brooks. We see how Cody feels that about decision. that. <laughs> Michael Wayne Davis also checking in and saying he hates Iron Man football. Um, I really don't know that we can say we've seen yeah, a good, solid Iron Man football structure yet. I think that uh, I think we're in for at least one more season of it before we could really make a determination. It is very much like the second movie of any trilogy. Anytime you watch a trilogy and you go to like, The Last Jedi is a perfect uh, example of this. You go and see The Last Jedi in the theater and you walk out and you go, did I like it or not? You don't know because it doesn't <laughs> until until you see how they wrap it up with the third movie. You can't make a determination on what the second movie really was. It turns out The Last Jedi is not good but not because the last Jedi is not good. It's not good because the rise of Skywalker is not good. 
and it did not make good on those promises. Um, in the same way, we, we don't really know what we're looking at with Iron Man football yet, and we're going to have to see another season of it. Now, if it is the same kind of awkward, stutter-steppy weirdness next year, I'll be right there with you guys calling for, okay, this experiment, we've tried it for two seasons, done. Done with it. But for now, I think we absolutely see another season of Iron Man football and probably should. I won't I won't agree with the word should. I think we will. I don't I, I don't think we should. Um it, it, it has it, it has its negative effects on, on on players and some special players. I think we can talk about uh Kali Rashad being one of those, having to play both ways. And as much as we see that you know, electrifying stuff from him on offense. I mean, think about how much more of that we could have seen if he wasn't out there doing double time and 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 right. being worn down over the season like that. Well, so it's unfortunate, but I agree with you. It's going to happen, but I, I I would not apply the word should on it. Um, but I understand what you're saying. Well, one thing Alec- I like, and I, and I hope um, Drew Pearson comes back next year because I love those deuces. Woo. In the record books, Goose and Drew is. Saw them not only in the uh, away from home, but finally saw some deuces there in the Freeman Coliseum. Uh, They need to go ahead and order and get balls ready for next season. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And Alex Alex McSwain asking, uh, will they go back to the old ball next season? Very much like Iron Man? No. I think that they, they, they... they kind of put all their their eggs in one basket with the deuce. And so they're going to run one more season and try to make it work, just like Iron Man football. Um, I think you'll see the deuce ball one more year, and then we'll have a determination. And then Quentin Humphrey, Coach Q, asking a serious question. All of your questions are serious, Coach. Uh, do Will John Wayne, will the ownership group begin, bring in more coaches next year? Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but I cannot I imagine should. that they, they would not look at um, expanding Coach Fred's uh, staff some. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's just had him and a couple of guys, and we know about the drama halfway through the season uh, mm-hmm. with Coach Trey and then them bringing on a couple of more guys, and eventually things kind of settled in. But I think all of that is up in the air. I think all of the coaching, front office, and even players kind of up in the air as we go into the new season. You will certainly see some names return on all of those levels, but I think you will also see new names on all of those levels as well. Exciting times. Agreed. Well, that is (laughs) David Olvera. Would love to see Kent come back as a coach and coach David Olvera. Hey, I, I'm I not against that, that at all. Yeah, I I'm not against that, that idea. Um, Robert Kent, I, I would love to see him come back and play, but if he can't come, if he decides that hey, it's just not, it's time. It's time for me to hang him up. He's 41 years old. I totally get that. If he does that, I would love to see him come on as a coach because I think he has a great football Very mind. Talented. Oh yeah. And then as far as the other side of that, David Olvera coming back, I'm down. Let's do it. Um, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Um, 
And, and, and I know that some people say, yeah, he's just saying that I'm really not. Um, I'm totally okay. Um, with David coming back and being involved in the team again, I'd love to see it. So any more about the gunslingers second season or our hopes for the third season, man, I think you're going to see so much happen in the off season. Um, I think that the first game in Freeman Coliseum in 2023 may be unrecognizable. Um, I think having an off season for this particular ownership group is going to give them an opportunity to dream big. They have really just kind of been holding things together and they did it really, really well. They did it excellently. But at this point, um, I think they have an off season to dream and put some things in place. I think you're Mm going to see, I I have big expectations for season three of the gunslingers in the Freeman Coliseum. Yeah. Super excited about it. I agree. Cheerleaders and the fan interaction and all of that. Andy Anderson, the trucks, I'm going to still be in that truck throwing and I'm going to be working on my throw so that the shirts won't go straight up, straight down. The least go to the first row. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 uh, just from things that I've heard, just, just through the grapevine, um, and gauging what what I've you know observed, uh, the John Wayne Group is is not going to waste any time getting prepared and doing things already uh, for the next season. Mm-hmm. Like they're 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 not gonna they're not gonna sit back and take a breather. They're they're ready to go. They're ready to take what they've learned and apply that pretty much immediately True. moving forward for the next season. So um, that's a, that's a, I think that's pretty awesome. Definitely some things to be excited about around the San Antonio gunslingers um, season three, man, I've got big expectations, almost those kind of expectations that you're like, new pump the brakes a little bit. You don't want to get yourself so psyched up that you're then disappointed when things actually happen. But I really don't think that that's where we're going to be. Not at all. Yeah, I think we're gonna see really cool things happen. We've seen really mm-hmm. cool things happen so far this season, and I think we're gonna see more of that. Let's take a break we, right here. Oh, yeah. go ahead, go ahead, Leo. I was just gonna say, and we've got plenty of ideas, you know, cool ideas because of our experience tailgating, like Michael Wayne Davis is is suggesting. Uh, um, and and the awesome thing is that John Wayne listens to those ideas. They look Very at this. Open. They 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 listen to the show. They look at the comments. Um, and, and they take those ideas, uh, seriously from the fan base. So, uh, another thing to look forward to lots of improvements, uh, in, in areas that the fans want to see. Michael Wayne Davis says John Wayne supported tailgating with flags. Are there flags now? Do flags exist? I, I don't think they exist yet, but I, I know that they're, it's something that, that they're for and they, they want to, they want to have eventually. Let's make it happen, man. All right. I definitely, before we go on the break, I want to give a big shout out to the team Sochi. Uh, they were amazing uh, throughout the whole season, kept our guys healthy. So I know there was some talk about who was going, I think there was an award for like the best team, um, like uh, behind the scenes with Sochi and her husband, Brian and Meg. So I don't know if we can vote, but I vote for them. For sure. Absolutely. I did see some comments about uh, the Jacksonville crew and the Carolina crew being some of the best. And I'm like, Hey, uh, don't count out the San Antonio crew. They've been excellent. 
and Sochi came on to that conversation and said, everybody, um, all of mm-hmm. the teams have really excellent uh, medical personnel on the on site, um, which is good. That's exactly what all you right. want to see in a league is, is mm-hmm. a league full of people at that position more than almost any other that are ready and, and, and uh, able to handle anything that comes up. Sochi mm-hmm. is great. We love her and Brian and their crew here at the show. And we hope they continue to be part, a big part of the gunslingers organization. And happy anniversary. So we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the thing that everybody wants to talk about in San Antonio right now, if they're football fans, the XFL, because it is coming. There is no more. If it is now sure. Um, And we got lots of ideas about that. Can you smell what DJ's cooking? Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? I love the fact that he was the one that opened up the first game of the XFL, and now he is the owner of the XFL. Um, I love it. Uh, So much to talk about with the XFL and coming to San Antonio. We'll talk about that, all of that here in just a second. Let's take a break. Smoking Guns Podcast. We'll be right back with you after this. Smoking Guns Podcast. Philip Higginbotham, R.C. Woods. And Leo Yamas, we've been talking about Gunslingers football in the end of a season. Now let's talk about a beginning. Because there's a beginning right over the horizon. On Sunday night, we found out officially something that we've kind of known for a while. Finally. It's it's certainly been circulated. The rumors were out there. And it turns out the rumors were 100% true. The XFL, three teams in Texas. One in Houston, one in Arlington, not Dallas, which I think is interesting and I kind of maybe want to discuss a little bit. And one in San Antonio. The San Antonio uh, the one. Is, is getting spring uh, 11-man football back after the demise of the commanders in the Amer- uh, Alliance of American Football back in 2019. We are finally going to see spring football, spring 11-man football, back in the Alamo Dome in 2023. In fact, it's coming up faster than you think because February is actually not that far away. February 19th, I think, it's is not, the game. It's going to come by quick. And we have a little something called the NFL to keep us busy until sure. that right. happens. So. For sure. <laughs> That's so Awesome. We get to watch the Dallas Cowboys win, in a, win a Super Bowl. Um, and then as soon as that <laughs> happens, it's time for San Antonio football in the Alamo Dome again. Mm-hmm. Do you have that on DVD or VHS? Yeah. <laughs> it's on YouTube, sir. I don't need either. It's on ah, okay. YouTube. Okay. Um, so they finally announced. And again, it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise. If you've been keeping your ear to the ground, and frankly, if you haven't, you had heard rumors that San Antonio was going to get a team that uh, Heinz Ward would be our head coach, which happens to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, uh, in fact, the the leaks that came out three months ago or so with the teams and coaches were 100% on. Um, it, it is uh, Vegas. It is... Uh, San Antonio and it is Orlando as being added into the mix in the XFL, replacing New York, LA and Tampa. And uh, now the XFL moves forward. 
Um, I did think it was interesting that the Dallas team is not in Dallas. It is in Arlington. Um, very much like, well, I don't, I don't think it's that because the Dallas Cowboys are actually in Arlington too, right across the street. As a matter of fact, from Choctaw stadium, um, why do you think that is? Do, or do you have any thoughts? So RC obviously thinks it's a Jerry Jones thing. Right. Um, I, I found it really interesting that they would not go with the larger market, which is traditionally how you do this. Even if you're in Santa Clara, you say you're the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Even if you're in Anaheim, you say you're the Los Angeles Angels. Um, it's interesting to me that the Arlington team is Arlington and not Dallas especially since Dallas was the franchise two years ago in 2020 when the XFL 2.0 was starting up. Um, I, I wonder why that, like that really piqued my interest um, for North Texas. It's very odd. Yeah. And, and I, I, I can't pretend to guess on, on why that decision was made. It is interesting. It's an interesting decision, but, um, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't have any hypothesis on, on, on why uh, that was made, to be honest with you. Um, being an outsider of Dallas, you know, uh, I hear Fort Worth and I hear Dallas and I hear Arlington. And to me, it's, it's kind of almost all the same, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, with, with some of these teams like the, the San Francisco 49ers and stuff like that. So um, it, it could just be a logistical thing. It could be because of uh, where they're planning on on having uh, base camp. You know, their their headquarters. Uh, as I understand, everything's going to be hosted at one location. Right. As far as training camps mm-hmm. and uh, practices, and then the teams are going to travel out to their home sites to play their games. That's kind of what I heard. How this format's going to work, and if if that location is in Arlington, then that makes a lot more sense. So that that may be why, but but I I don't. So I can't pretend to guess. Early. So Arlington and North Texas and Dallas and all of that, who cares, right? Um, yeah. It's all the same. It's really all the same. The important thing is the Houston Roughnecks are coming back. No, wait. I'm sorry. The important thing is <laughs> the San Antonio is getting an XFL team. And the number yes. one question everybody has is, what are they going to be called? What are they going to look like? I've heard people uh, begging for commanders to come back that's, that's not, not going happen. to happen yeah i have think to say i think there was a possibility of that i really do think that that before washington the xfl buying the ip and bringing the commanders back was a possibility before washington selected it yeah. for the nfl mm-hmm. team they screwed that up for us big time yeah yeah i really think that that's the case wah, wah, uh, wah. leo you have a conspiracy theory that I want to talk oh, about here. a little Let's bit. Let's talk about that. It's not so much a conspiracy theory as connecting some dots. And and I might be connecting the dots in the wrong order. You know, um, you, you remember those those uh, coloring books you had back as a kid? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to date myself here because I know they don't even exist anymore. Where they would have the dots and they were numbered dots and you would have to draw the line between the numbers and you get the, you get the drawing right. And if you went out of order, your picture would be something completely different. Um, this, this might be some of that, but there are definitely dots connecting here. I like the dots. Yeah. As, as the, as the great sage Pee Wee Herman used to say, connect the dots, la, 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 la. 
Connect the dots. <laughs> la, 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 la. Okay, la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah, and Alex is right. It'll involve a yellow color. We, we know this. Um, this is part of the dots. Um, now, explain how you know that, because I did not even go deep enough down the rabbit hole as you have to know that yellow is part of San Antonio's color scheme. Why do you know that? So when you go into the XFL site to uh, put down a deposit on season tickets, which happened a couple of hours after the um, the announcement on on uh, the other day, um, on Sunday, um, when you go into the to the the page, the XFL page, and you go to tickets, uh, the the link that you actually click on uh, to buy tickets for each respective team is a profile picture of the coach with a colored set of bars behind them. And if you look at the Arlington coach and the color of the bars behind him, it's the light blue that matches uh, what we know the Renegades is the Renegades uh, primary color. The one for the Washington uh, defenders, um, they're red and we know that that's their primary color. The one for the St. Louis team, which we know the, the St. Louis Battlehawks, those bars were blue, a like a royal blue, which we know is their primary color. So if you kind of go down the line and look at those and look at the clues, um, all right, these colors are matching up. So you would think that the yellow bars behind Heinz Ward are indicative that that is, in fact, the primary color of the San Antonio uh, team. Um, so when I first saw that, I'm like, okay, Heinz Ward, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, yellow and black, no doubt. Uh, uh, being a Broncos fan and history there with Pittsburgh, you know, a little bit of a hard pill to swallow, but I always said it's something I'll get over. Um, I'm just hoping they come up with a cool name. Um, there's been lots of great um, uh, suggestions or ideas thrown out there on social media. I threw out the Sentinels, which I think was kind of cool, San Antonio Sentinels. Uh, someone right, uh, I didn't see who said the Sabres, I think is actually kind of cool as well. Thunderbirds. I thought was another really good one. But let me just throw this one out there. Let me just show up the colors. Yeah. Can you, you see can that? See that um, there you go. Uh, yep. So so that that's that's where we get that from. So here here's my conspiracy theory, if you want to call it that, or me connecting the dots. First off, this kind of goes back to the AF. Back when we were when we were covering the commanders at the very beginning of uh, the AAF season, the preseason actually, mm -hmm. um, when this was just being born, um, we saw a couple of people at the training camp uh, for the commanders on a regular basis. And one of those people was Heinz Ward. Oh, he yeah. was there regularly all the time. He was at the, at the game, at the first game. Mm -hmm. um, and he was at multiple uh, practices all over the place. He was yeah. one of those, uh, you know, uh, executive office people for the, the AAF that just happened to be in a lot of things, but particularly in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. um, and I always kind of thought that maybe San Antonio caught his eye when he knew that there was a possibility of expansion for the XFL. He circled the city of San Antonio on, on that map in his brain, in his mind, and said, that's where I want to be. Uh, because of his experience here True. and what he saw with the commanders. I have no doubt that's what happened. Um, when we first saw the uh, leaked information about, uh, I think his first name is Kevin Barlow, Barlow. The, the coach uh, resigning Reggie. from his 
Reggie Barlow, thank you, uh, resigning from his uh, position as head coach of uh, Division One collegiate school. Uh, I forget which one that is. But uh, Tech, he, isn't it? Is it Virginia Tech? I Virginia, think it was Tech. Virginia Tech. You're right. So he he put out there on Twitter, I believe, social media, that he was resigning, stepping down. He was got got an opportunity to coach uh, for the upcoming XFL season, and he even said in San Antonio. Right, he did. He leaked that himself, I think, inadvertently, and I think that was uh, probably what he was told or led to believe. And I believe Heinz Ward stepped in and said, "No, no, 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 no." I'm going to San Antonio and he probably has a little bit more pool uh, within the XFL organization mm-hmm. than Barlow does. And, um, you know, they weren't going to argue with him. He got, uh, he got the city of San Antonio the way he wanted. Um, and I believe, I honestly believe that's from his ties uh, with San Antonio with, with his time here the during commanders. the commanders uh, preseason and, and seeing the crowds. He made reference to it in the, in the announcement. Uh, announcement. He referenced the Alamo Dome. He referenced the city, the crowds, the fans, and how he was ready. You know, he was going to be jumping up and down the sideline, and he was ready for the raucous crowd in the Alamo Dome. And 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 what he saw, I think he was very impressed with. Um, and he's looking forward to coaching there. I, I like the fire we saw in him in that uh, that little uh, press conference, uh, by the way. Um, and and so here's the other dot that I'm connecting with the yellow. If you open if you, your minds, people. Yeah, open, open your minds, minds a little bit and go ahead and go look up Google it. Google Gotham Rogues. Anybody that's seen the Batman movies, you know, I'm a I'm a big, you know, comic book. You see from the t-shirts I wear, you see the, the Dark Knight Rises. Yep. There's a small piece of that movie that involves a team in Gotham called the Gotham Rogues. And if you go look at that, their colors are yellow and black. Mm-hmm. And the uniforms are actually pretty sweet looking. And um, so is the logo. And if you ask me, the logo actually fits the city of San Antonio more than it does New York, which that's what Gotham represents. Um, and who is in that movie? Who's the star wide receiver of that football team? Hmm, let me think. A guy by the name of. Is it Michael Burris? No, Heinz Ward. He's in the movie. He's he's the 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 star player of the team. Uh, I won't I, I won't go into detail what happens with that team or anything in case anybody hasn't seen the movie. Definitely go see that. Um, but wow, there's just there's just like if you connect those dots and the yellow and black and then Heinz Ward and um, he obviously likes to keep attachments to things he's involved in. Um, we might see a San Antonio Rogues. Uh, or something involving something similar like that, and if they if they adopt those uniforms, I'll be I'll be picture. pumped because as as much as I was kind of like eh on the yellow and black, if you look at those uniforms, they even made like a stand up figurine that you'll find on Google. Yeah, Alex McSwain, Alex McSwain saying on, in the comments, he's googling it now and he loves the logo. They're pretty freaking cool, so um, I'm kind of excited about that. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. But uh, I just thought it was really interesting that those dots are all there to connect. I feel like Vanna White. <laughs> Showing off, yeah, the, the, the logo and the, and the yeah. uniforms. Yeah. Oh, I see. It's a, it's a very um, Western take on the idea of rogues. It's yes. got yeah. the, uh, yeah, there you, you go. See that? Nothing um, New York about it at all. <laughs> no, not really. 
Uh, no, not really. I, I do like the color. Uh, yellow, I was like, eh. But looking at it this way, I love it. Um, I'm, you heard I'm me down. here first. I'm down. If that's what ends up happening, uh, and we can uh, we can date all the way back to one of the best. We were just talking about trilogies and poor trilogies. One of the better trilogies that have that has ever been put together. Yes. Um, the Dark Knight trilogy is really spectacular, especially considering the first film is really, really, really weak when compared to the next two films. And the fact that the the uh, the trilogy still got made um, is really spectacular. Um, if we can date all the way back to one of the better trilogies, comic book trilogies of all time, I'm okay with that. I can handle that. I yeah. have... It does kind of remind Alec Viswain saying it's kind of reminiscent of the Renegades, and it is. It's very close to the, the Dallas Renegade or Arlington Renegade logo. Um, which might be the only thing that detracts from it. I've seen some folks tossing out the idea of defenders. That's not going to happen. The DC team is already the defenders. I've yep. seen some folks say they should be called the gunslingers. Well, guess what? There's already a San Antonio gunslingers and they're not going anywhere, which is where Mo Ferrante, I would wear hot pink if that's the team color. Okay. Sure. I, Whatever. I probably wouldn't. I would I would look for a secondary color at that point. But Okay, so here's another dot. So maybe the reason they couldn't go with the Dallas because that was too close to the Dallas Renegade. So that's why we want the Arlington because we're going to get the Rogue. Maybe. They could change the Arlington maybe. team name. Yeah, that, that that's not out of the question for sure. I have seen some folks say that they believe that the XFL's announcement on Sunday means the end of the San Antonio Gunslingers uh, arena football team because False. there will be there will be no need for it because we'll have spring football. I think we There's brought no this up. <laughs> I think we brought this up on the show before. In fact, I know we have, but let me be very clear. There is no reason that these can't coexist. As a matter of fact, I think they do nothing but but prop each other up and support each other in an amazing way simply because the schedule lines up mm-hmm. for year-round football. We all turn our attention. Every football fan in the country turns their attention to the NFL, whether there's a team in your market or not. We don't mm-hmm. have one in San Antonio. It's probably going to be years before we do. But mm-hmm. we all turn our attention to watch the NFL from August all the way till February. In February, the XFL will start up, and it will carry us through till April. Mm-hmm. And in April, late April, the NAL starts up with some uh, arena football, and we get to go indoors for April through July, which, by the way, is a great time to go indoors in mm-hmm. South Texas. You need we to. Get to. We get to go indoors and watch football from April to July, and then in August, we're ready again. And that's already started. Like uh, Leo mentioned it earlier in the show. That has already begun. We just finished the NAL. We are getting started on the NFL here in less than a week or in about a week. The Hall of Fame game kicks off for the preseason. And we're moving right into the NFL season. So there is no reason these things can't coexist. In fact, I think they help each other. I think the gunslingers can be helped greatly by the XFL 
because football will be on everybody's mind. And as the XFL ends, I think there will be XFL fans yeah. that go, I don't want the season to, I don't want this to end. It doesn't have to. Exactly. We right into the next season. Show me one football fan who was at happy at the end of the season that it was over. And I'll show you a guy who's pretending to be a football fan. True. Right. Or, you know, exactly. or gal. Right. It's, and, and, yeah. And I'm insulted by the fans who say, finally, professional football. Obviously, you weren't here to see the commanders and you weren't here to see a gunslinger game because both were very professional. So what I do not like when they say finally a professional team. No, if you went to those games, especially this last season, the last five games with the gunslingers, all you saw was professional, professional players, professional from, from head to toe. So whoever's saying that, stop saying that. I'm getting mad. Spoken like a person who's not been to a gunslinger's game. Yes, that I mean, irritates me. Irritates me the most. Have you been to a game? Uh, no. Well, then why are you saying they're unprofessional? I don't like that. So don't while we don't a, know. Don't get me mad. So while we don't know what they're going to be called, and I don't know when we'll see that. I mm-hmm. tend to think it will be sometime in September. That is when the... Uh, AAF released things, I believe, was in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started rolling out team names and, and identities for their teams. Um, the XFL is following the same sort of schedule. So I, I imagine that will be the case, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really, I, I realize it's a great conversation piece and it's something that we all want to talk about, but does mm-hmm. it matter? Like, is there any name they could come up with where you're like, well, I'm not going to watch it now? There um, might be some. I have to think about it. Really? Generals? I'm thinking they can make too much fun of that. Generals? Generals would be okay, but the USFL already has that in New Jersey. Um, they're mm. already using the generals. Although, who knows? Um, it's going to have to be a repeat of something. My I, like top, brigade, I like brigade myself. That's okay. I also like, um, I'm a big fan of scorpions. Scorpions um, is cool. I like the idea of scorpions. Rattlers is another one that I, Mary's. I, I like. And uh, also Johnson High School is the rattler. And um, my favorite, and I realize it's probably not going to happen, is Barqueros. Uh, I love the ideas of vaqueros. Um, if we're going to use a Spanish name, I I I, I vote for chupacabras. I I also chupacabras. like. I, if you go with chupacabra, I put that in my uh you know my guess for names. If you go with chupacabra, it needs to be singular. It doesn't need to be chupacabras. It just needs to be San, the San Antonio chupacabra. It just needs to be a one, uh you know, <laughs> thing. Um. I think it sounds funny as chupacabras uh, with the S on the end of it. Let's just add a Z. <laughs> That's what we like to do. We like to throw a Z on the just end of it. Just throw a Z on there. <laughs> um, we, we're excited. We're going to cover. We're going to be a part of anything we can um, with the XFL. We've been watching with kind of bated breath, as as has everyone from the commander's days. Um, it has been fun to watch some of the Facebook groups start to kick into gear again. Mm-hmm. Um, tickets are on, I'm sorry. Tickets are not on sale. The 
deposits. Deposit. deposit for your season tickets. You can go and make that deposit online already. Yeah. I have something to add on that. Okay. Just to, to just to, so people can kind of gauge what the what the excitement how 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 much San Antonio is excited about this. Yeah. Um, I logged in a little after eight o'clock. Supposedly that was the time that they were going to go on sale where you could get those, uh, those deposits in. Uh, maybe some of you guys that, that put your deposits in want to chime in on this. Um, I was in a little bit late cause I got busy doing some other stuff. It was probably about eight, 12 when I got in, there were six people in front of me because when you go in, it kind of puts you in this queue and it tells you how many people are in front of you before it's your turn to put in your, um, to put in your uh, deposits Deposit. for, for your uh, seats. So it told me there were six people in front of me. It didn't wait long at all, just a few seconds. And then it was like saying, okay, how many seats do you want? Well, how are we going to put your reserves, your payment method and all that? Um, I started telling other people about it. Hey, go log in. You know, people that I knew were invested in football, especially commanders, people that I know said, hey, you know, go in and, and, and reserve your, your seats. Um, so one of those people got to me and or later on, but actually before then, I went back in about 9.45-ish just because I was being I was curious. I went back in there uh, to look, and I was 142nd, I think it said, in line. Wow. And I was like, okay, wow, that's pretty great, 142nd. There's People are, are buying tickets still. You know, mm -hmm. it's been going on a couple hours now, and people are still there queued up. Then I talked to one of the guys I reached out to via text for my work uh, this yesterday morning and uh he's like man i'm excited i got I, I put in my uh my deposit i got four seats and i was like yeah man when i logged in it was a uh, six when i went and checked later and it said 142nd he's like well when i logged in it said i was three thousand one hundred wow. and something in line amazing i was like what he's like no i'm not kidding three thousand he's like i waited over a little over 20 minutes sitting wow. looking at the screen before I could get my tickets. That was the same night they went on sale and he's waiting in line with 3000 people in front of him. Um, I think this is going to pick up exactly where that Alamo dome left off mm -hmm. when those commanders were, were, were playing at the Alamo dome. Um, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think this is going to be uh, great. It's going to be awesome. We're going to pick up right where we left off with all the, uh, there's just as much draw for the tailgating as there is mm -hmm. for the, for the, the football. I mean, people that have come from NFL cities and came and visited said, True. man, San Antonio can really tailgate. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just really looking forward to that fun. I think a lot of people are. So, so uh, don't delay as, as uh, people are going to jump on this. And I even think with the um, Facebook pages that are coming up, be on the lookout for starting a meet and greet, meaning we're all going to start meeting up again because February sounds like it's far away, but it really isn't. And I know there's people that from the gunslingers who are from the commanders, I saw them in line, but we, there's more missing. There's a big gap there. So don't be surprised if you notice on Facebook on one of the fan pages that there's going to be a meet and greet coming soon. And we'll yeah, we like to. And we will be there, and we'll be covering it. Smoking we'll covering guns. It all. We'll we need it. We need a name it. so we can come up with a name for our podcast. We're not changing well, the name of the podcast. We're the Smoking Guns. We and went through this, no yeah. When what? we when we decided on Smoking Guns, we were we were kind of trying to think of something that was going to be relevant to the gunslingers, 
and relevant to perhaps anything else that was coming through San Antonio. And, you know, even if they go with the, the San Antonio Chupacabras or the San Antonio, you know, Yellow Ducks. Yellow Ducks? <laughs> I think I think Smoking Guns is, is here to stay as the name. That's, okay. that's my sure. For All sure. Right. Let's see uh, if we can get some thumbs up for that. Ronaldo checking in and correcting me. He's right. It's not Johnson High School. It's Reagan is the Rattlers. Um, good call. And David Olvera, um, who he and I have our moments where we are in disagreement with one another, clearly. But uh, he likes Vaqueros, too. I'm down. Good. And that go with their smoking guns. What I love about Vaqueros is uh, it can be a little jab at Jerry Jones. Everybody in San Antonio kind of wants to jab at Jerry Jones. It is perf- It is the perfect little jab at the Dallas Cowboys, the San Antonio Vaqueros. Uh, just kind of is that little bit of a jab, but it still re- uh, maintains a, its own identity. It doesn't have to be connected to the Cowboys, but it just kind of jabs out there and says, hey, hey, we got Cowboys down here too, you know. Uh, and for those who don't know, yeah. Vaqueros means Cowboys in Spanish. Yeah, and that'd be really awesome if the uh, Vaqueros take the first XFL championship and we can say we have more rings right? than, uh, than, than the, the other guys up, up 35 <laughs> in the last you're, 20 years. You're right. That would be spectacular. <laughs> the Cowboys get one in February, rings. And then uh, the Vaqueros get some in April. And then the Gunslingers in July. Like every team, uh, all the Texas teams get their their rings. I love it. I love it. That's a good plan. You're right, Leo. That's the way to go. I'm with you on two of the three, Philip. We don't know. Two or three ain't bad. We don't know what they'll be called. We don't know. We know some of the colors. um, But we don't know what the color scheme will be. We know Heinz Ward is our guy. And we know that we're fans. Um, yes, for sure. That's, that's the information we have so far. And um, wouldn't it be cool if in February the San Antonio whatever, Vaqueros, take the field and they have Cody Brooks on their team? Or, wouldn't that be cool? That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Cody Brooks return to San Antonio in the XFL. Um, I am cheering for it big time. More than anything, I want to see uh, some of our guys that we've known in the Commanders days or some of our guys that we've seen in the Gunslingers days wind up uh, playing back here in San Antonio, whether it's on our team or not, uh, in the XFL. I think that would be really cool. I think Jamari Gilbert was another player from the Commanders that tried out for the XFL. Oh, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really cool. Uh, there's tons to cover on the, uh, there's going to be tons to cover on the XFL. There's really not a lot of information right now. We know what the league is going to look like as far as the structure. Um, mm-hmm. We know that uh, Vegas and San Antonio and Orlando, which are all great markets. The only one I would, I would point to and go, really? Why? Vegas. Is Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, over, over I- San Diego. I would definitely have. I like Vegas. I got family in Vegas. That's exactly what I would have done, Leo. I would have moved uh, L.A. because L.A. disappeared. I would have made. Uh, I would have moved L.A. down to San Diego. I think San Diego, with the fleet specifically in the AF, put together um, a perfectly valid resume to have their own spring football team 
and it bugs me that they did not get another yeah. shot. And we could have our rival podcast again. That's true. That's true. That's very true. Um, but well, aside had- from that, uh-huh. aside from that, moving out of New York, moving out of LA, and moving out of Tampa makes perfect sense to me. Um, and then uh, putting a team in San Antonio, keeping three teams in Texas, which I know was that was the big uh, what detractor argument that people would use is like they've already got one in Houston and Dallas. They're not going to put three teams in Texas. Why the heck not? Um, football is is ridiculous in Texas. Why wouldn't you? Um, and and apparently the Rock the, and the Bermuda Triangle. Am I be in a triangle? That's well, they're calling Texas it the Bermuda Triangle. Sort of. I'm trying. It's like a spade, but they're calling it the Bermuda Triangle. I love Ronaldo's idea. We need to get Heinz Ward on the show. Oh yes, sounds great. Sounds great. Let's do it. Um, we are not above asking. We've asked those kind of questions in the past. No. We will continue to try to put those things uh, together in the future. Um, But I think we're all just excited. The XFL is coming. Like there's no more guesswork. There's no more maybe. uh, There's no more. uh, All of us since April of 2019 have felt bummed about what happened with the AAF. Cheated. That's a great way to say it. Um, because it wasn't our fault. We didn't do anything wrong, and we still lost our team. Uh, we're getting some of that back. We're getting that back in a way, um, and that feels good. Like I'm excited about that. Feels very good. Even though I'm closer to the Roughnecks right now than I am to the San Antonio Chupacabra. Um, Don't even think about it, Philip. <laughs> I may have to do two XFL podcasts. I just got kicked off the show. Oh, man. (laughs) What happened? I mean, I knew when I was moving, it was a sacrifice. So, man, that hurts. Mm. Uh, No, we're excited. It's year-round football. I mean, it is is really... I want to see San Antonio get a an NFL team one day. I think that it's it's the right market for an NFL team. Certainly as good as Jacksonville or uh, you know some of these other small markets that have football teams in the NFL. I think San Antonio deserves the opportunity. That for sure. But this is almost yeah. better. Like this this setting up for year round football where I don't have to have a rival. The the problem with a San Antonio team, and I think all three of us would deal with this, is. We would love a San Antonio team, but it's not the team we grew up with. RC grew up as a Chicago Bears fan. Mm-hmm. Leo, you have you have uh, firmly put your flag in the Denver Broncos. I grew up as a Cowboys yep. fan. Um, we have our own teams already established in those in in that market. To get an NFL team in San Antonio, it would be almost splitting that allegiance. But with the XFL and the NAL. We're able to be San Antonio football fans there, and then in the NFL season, go off and do our own thing, cheer for our sure. own teams. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 the best time I can remember. I, I can't remember a better time to be a, a, a football fan in San Antonio than right now. Well, what um, would be better than maybe got during the Commander season? Podcasters, <laughs> but on the lookout for yeah, <laughs> on the lookout for like what's coming in, over the next several months. This is this is a really really exciting time. Now, the XFL has tried twice and has not seen a second season either of those times. Yeah, but the last time was because of COVID. Yeah, that was out of the control either. 
Absolutely. And and honestly, they had it, they were doing it right in 2020. Yes. COVID COVID is the only reason that the XFL did not succeed in 2020. And the first the first the first go round was was a gimmick. It wasn't it really was the game of football as we as we know it, and this is. So I, I, I'm not going to look at that and, and think that, that that's a foreshadowing of what we're going to see. Well, if you're one of those people that's just struggling, I don't know if I can jump on board with this. I've seen this, this before. I've read this script. I know they're going to come. I know I'm going to throw my uh, weight behind it, my money into it, and then it's going to fall apart. I would point to two things, two deals that are already in place, and Alex McSwain actually just mentioned one of them. One is that they have a deal in place with Disney and ESPN and ABC to broadcast the game. TV mm-hmm. rights are already done and done for multiple years. That's huge. The second thing is they have a partnership already established with the NFL. With the NFL. Mm-hmm. That That's is huge key. as well. That's the key. Those two things lead me to believe that we're looking at something different this time. I hope it has staying power. I'm going to throw my support behind it either way because i think spring football makes sense but those two things are something that we always struggle with when we talk about spring football where are you going to be able to watch it on tv and are they going to be able to battle the nfl if the nfl comes down on them and doesn't like them the fact that both of those deals are already done before this thing even kicks off is huge um I, I'm I I think it makes the difference. I think it really would make the difference to anybody who looks at the numbers and says, "I've seen this before, and I'm worried it's just going to fall apart again." Um, this doesn't look set up the same way. Well, I will say this. So I know some people say, "Oh, the tickets are going to be too expensive." Now, this is what I'm going to say for all of San Antonio. Have you seen the lines at Waterburger? Now, for just my husband and I to get two combo meals, maybe water size it, it's $25. So I don't want anybody complaining, oh, the tickets are too expensive. You guys wait in line 15 to 20 minutes. I know there's probably more than two people in that car and in your household. And I know for a fact you're paying over $25. So there you go. That was my little tidbit. So I don't want to hear anybody saying everything's wrong. Everything is expensive. And if you want things, you have to pay for them. Um, it's you want a good quality product, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want things, you're going to have to pay for it. You're not going to get good things for cheap. Um, that just doesn't happen anymore. Maybe it did at one time. Michael Wayne Davis says, keep the 2.0 rules. There are some 2.0 rules that I'm a big fan of. I love the kickoff system. The fact that they had a kickoff was great. Um, it was something that I... I missed in the AAF. I really did not realize how much I missed the kickoff, but the kickoff is something that's worth having, but it is safer in the XFL 2.0 rules. They start off 10 yards from each other, except for the returner. um, And it worked out just fine. The other 2.0 rule that I love that I absolutely love. And I hope the NFL will uh, adopt one day. There you go. Claws up. I don't know what that's for. I'm I'm trying to do that. Bears, or, I imagine. No, I thought maybe for Chupacabra. Do Chupacabras have claws? Chupacabra. Um, so they don't like really that. exist, but yes, they would have claws. Uh, now, now they will have claws. <laughs> the, uh, the other rule that I love in 2.0 is the point after rule. 
that allows you to kick for one point, go for a two-point conversion from the two-and-a-half-yard uh, two line, or a three-point conversion from the 10-yard line, I believe is how that was set up. Maybe it was the seven-yard line, but I think it was the 10. Um, and they had the uh, no onside kick rule, the fourth and, uh, you know, forever, fourth and 13, fourth and 17, whatever it was. Yeah. If you wanted in the last two minutes of the game to retain possession after you scored, you could try for one play on a fourth and 13 or fourth and 17 play. Um, those are great rules. Like that, those are just great. The only other football rule that I would love to see them implement is that you have to gain positive yardage in the last two minutes to keep the clock running. I don't like the kneel down and I want to eliminate it from football Mm. forever. Um, and so I would like to see that happen, but I love the one, two, three point conversion, uh, opportunity. I, I think that's, uh, a level of strategy that just changes the game in some way and makes it, it makes does, it yeah. a lot more fun. So the Agreed. XFL, the XFL is coming back. It'll be back in February. One short NFL season away from us. We will all be in the Alamo dome joined together mm-hmm. and watching football um, in San Antonio, professional football in San Antonio. Don't, don't sleep on the, uh, San Antonio, the UTSA Roadrunners, either. Love the UTSA Roadrunners. Go watch some Roadrunner games. They were picked to finish first in Conference USA. Mm -hmm. They are the the reigning Conference USA champions. Go watch some Roadrunner football. Jeff Trailer. Great tailgating. They do. It's great tailgating out there. Jeff Trailer and that coaching staff are amazing. You have Rashad Wisdom back. You have uh, Frank Harris back. You have uh, Zachary Franklin back. Um, go watch UTSA football. It's a blast. And they play that team up in Austin this year. That'll be interesting. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Early in the season, too. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. Football in San Antonio is here. Um, mm-hmm. It has finally arrived. We have a championship college program. We have an XFL program coming. We have an NAL program, a, an Arena League program that is kicking off. The only thing we could ask for, the only thing more we could ask for is an NFL franchise. And those are so hard to get a, to get a hold of that uh, I'm okay where we're at right now. I don't know if I could afford an NFL franchise. That's true. For sure. For sure. <laughs> and a point that I made about the difference between the NAL and the XFL that might be coming, when you go to an, uh, the Gunslingers game, after the game, you get to go on the field. You get to meet the cheerleaders, get to meet the players. Right. You are not going to get to do that with the XFL. I'm letting you know right now. Nope, that's not going to happen. Uh, not going to happen. All of the things that we saw in the AAF, I expect to see again as far as professionalism and the way they run the team. But that means that in some small way, there's this sanitized feeling that you don't have in the NAL, that you don't have in arena football. Um, there's just this barrier between you and the game on the field um, that that exists in the AAF and will exist in the XFL. It certainly exists in the NFL. Um, right. But the NAL just provides you this dirtier, more gritty kind of contact directly with the game that you just don't get um, in these other leagues. Different strokes for different folks. There will be some people that will never come to an NAL game that will love the XFL and vice versa. 
And what's yep. great about the future of football in San Antonio is we have every flavor available at this point. And I don't see Danny Garcia making me custom shoes either. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I mean, she might. I'm not going to lie. You think so? Okay. I saw somebody on one of the uh, XFL San Antonio, I believe, pages get very frustrated with the fact that they kept mentioning that she is the first female owner of a sports league. And he's like, if I hear that one more time, dude, that is a huge deal. That is a big, big, big deal. Mm -hmm. That is, that is, uh, I I mean, gosh, I want to say that is Rosa Parks kind of big. And I know that sounds wrong, but -hmm. you're talking about a male driven uh, uh, industry for decades um, yeah. that a woman is finally in the the highest position that she can be in, it breaks a glass ceiling in a way that is huge. Um, so I'm not surprised at all that they made a big deal about it because it is a big deal. Um, and the, the interview that I had right now, that was one of the questions. Um, if I felt that women were getting a fair share in this industry and I was like, no way, there's no way. You know, and we've come a little bit, but compared to um, succeeding in a male-dominated field, we are very much so on the bottom. If you don't think that women in sports, if you think women in sports is just a natural thing now and everybody's okay with it, the Mm -hmm. very next time you watch a college football game, because it doesn't happen in the NFL, you watch a college football game and there is a female commentator, either the analyst or the play-by-play person is female, I want you to go to Twitter or Reddit and search for information about that game. I guarantee you there will be tons of guys slamming her for not knowing the game, not understanding what she's talking about. Why is a woman doing this at all in a way that they don't ever do with Joe Buck or Troy Aikman or Robert Griffith the third. Um, this is still a male dominated field. And so for a woman to reach that pinnacle Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. It's a big thing. I'm sorry. Right. And I'm just going to say for my personal experience, you know, someone, people out there have mentioned, oh, am I quote unquote going out with one of Leo or someone else? No one would even bring that up asking if Leo or Philip are dating, but why is it brought up on my account knowing that I'm married? So again, if you think we've come a long way, we take one step forward and then people push us back 10 steps. Well, I do like what Philip has done with his beard lately. Oh my! Looks good, go. doesn't it? Looks good. <laughs> yeah. Let's face it; all three of us have higher standards than Philip and and Leo. Like all <laughs> three of us would want better for ourselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got that right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> guys, football in San Antonio is so exciting, and with that being said. Um, I think it's fair to say that we have a message for the rest of the football world. Is that right, guys? And we do. Absolutely. We have a message for the Jacksonville Sharks and Carolina Cobras, for the mm-hmm. Albany Empire and the Columbus Lions, all getting ready for playoff games this week. We've got a message for the Orlando Predators, who, by the way, we didn't mention, but lost the game 71-14 to this weekend. Wow. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we also have a message for XFL teams out in Las Vegas. 
and Arlington mm-hmm. and Houston, Orlando. Uh, where am I leaving out? St. Louis and D.C. We got a message for them, too. When it comes to football, when it comes to professional football, it turns out that not just in the arena, but everywhere, the 210 has got something to say. Bang, bang.